I don't uh, I don't live in that world anymore. So so nice i spent like 200 dollars on school supplies for three kids because it's like of course they have like the list and it's never the same amount of stuff that's in the store so you have to always buy more so dumb well wait till high school and they got to buy the uh the 120 dollar uh special calculator and oh geez yeah you use that thing for life mayor yeah, sure you do. <laughs> I used I, I use that thing like for the T eighty three. You use it if you the T I fifty five or whatever. Door. Yeah, I used I used that for twenty years. Yeah, it hasn't have. been twenty. It hasn't yeah, been well, twenty my daughter, years. But but I my used my, it for my, my daughter bought my daughter hunted down somebody who was in the class last year, and bought theirs used for half price, and then she sold it after the thing for more than she paid for it. That's, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Just the, Good yeah, business, she's, business uh, strategy. She's um, she's kind of special that way. And we are back with another episode of Midweek Menches. I get to kick things off this evening. I'm your host, Mayor Matt Santini, and I'm going to, to give it to Ant in just a second. But Ant, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Doing fantastic. Also joined by Schweitz, north of the border. Hello, Schweitz. Aloha. Aloha. That's that's what they say in Canada, I hear. And you know what? We have a new member of the Midweek Menches team. So delighted to add uh, a member of the Lauer family who's uh, transitioning. And, you know, there's a when you're young and you go to Thanksgiving dinner for a while, you have to sit at the kids table. And as you mature and grow, you get upgraded to the adult table. Allie, welcome to the adult table. How are you? I am fantastic. I am super happy to be here and to see your bright, bubbly faces. Fantastic. Well, Aunt, I'm going to let oh, you boy. take it. From, I'm going to let you take it from here. All right. Well, thank you. Welcome, Allie. We're we're glad to have you. And uh, yeah, keep us away from from three big fat white faces by adding in a a softer voice and a prettier face. So still white though. Oh, that's all right. Is Schweitz white? Not really sure. You know. And then Mayor Matt and I are Italian, so yeah, we're, you can. We're halfway there. Yeah, we're this. We're definitely not pasty white. How about that? There you go. Fair enough. All right. Well, we're going to kick things off by going back to Mayor for his first topic of the week. What do you well, got? Th- Mayor? Well, thank you. I've got I've got a couple of them, and you know we talked before about maybe giving you a little preview. I didn't want to. I want you to go in this cold because I want your initial reaction uh, on both of these things, but. Greg Cody show, you know, Greg's not getting as much airtime during Greg Cody Tuesdays as he used to, but the Greg Cody show podcast, which I listened to this afternoon is hit a topic that has been on my mind for a long time. So I want to share it with you. And the topic is you go to a restaurant with your significant other. It's just the two of you. You go to a booth. Do you sit next to your significant other? or across from your significant other. Schweitz, you're shaking your head, or actually, Ant, you're jumping in there first. Go right ahead. I was going to say, I always sit across from my wife when we go out. If it's just the two of us, it's always across from a booth. If we're at a table, we might sit next to each other, but in a booth, it's definitely across. Now, taking the topic a slightly different direction, if we're with someone else, if we're with another couple, we will sit next to each other. And the other couple sit next to them, and we might tag team like wife, husband, wife, husband to sort of have a zigzag pattern. But 
if it's just me and my wife, we're definitely sitting across from each other. Um, you know, we do enough with, with all the kids squeezing in the boots. So when we can spread out a little bit, that's what we tend to do. All right. I'll come back to you in a second. Schweitz, what do you got? Well, we always sit across from each other unless we are uh, planning something or working on Like when we were planning our wedding, we might sit next to each other because we'll be exchanging. You know, we have papers, we're writing stuff down, we're showing, you know, something like that. So we're not just flipping our phones and going across the table. But generally, we are across from each other. Uh, I have a bigger family. So if like we're with my parents or something like that, then we're adjusting based on. You know, sometimes you're at a you know a half booth, half table. Uh, my dad can't fit into a booth, so he's on the table side. So we just sort of adjust based on size to make that more comfortable. And obviously, whoever wants to uh, have conversations with each other, they're going to arrange themselves uh, across from each other or close to each other so they can talk if you're with a big group. Okay, Allie, what do you, what do you have on this? So I actually had to think about this because the last time my husband and I were out at a restaurant, just the two of us was December of 2017. <laughs> and I had to think that far back and we did sit across from each other. I can't even imagine sleeping close to somebody, let alone sitting beside them at a booth. Cause we have a king size bed. We don't sleep near each other. We like our own space and we prefer it that way. I'd sleep in another room if I had the option to, but I can't even imagine sitting super close to somebody when there's a perfectly good seat across from you. And the same applies for, going out with parents or another couple like i've convinced other people i'm never going to a restaurant ever again we just get takeout and just eat at home and we'll sit like perpendicular with each other if it, it's more than one couple it, it, it just concerns me when i see two people sitting next to each other in a in a booth and the other side is just vacant Aunt, what do you got i was gonna say the other thing is like sitting next to a person and trying to eat and drink and talk like you keep turning your head and like it's it's much more hurt your neck disjointed and sporadic and like what are you doing but you Um, said the strategy was different if you were sitting at a booth versus a table if it's just the two of you you would you would sit you would you would sometimes sit next to her if you're at a a table instead of next to a table you're perpendicular to each other you're not parallel to each other where you have to turn to talk if you're sitting like one sitting you know, okay, well, um, that's corner. You're sitting at three o'clock. You're sitting okay. next to each other. So you're not physically like next next to each other like you do in a booth, but just I'm, you're okay. able to be perpendicular. All right. Schweitz? I was just going to ask, do people have preferences? Are they facing the door? Are they facing out? Do they like facing the wall at a restaurant? Where, where, are, you, where are you sitting there? I like not facing the room with my back to everybody. And the reason for that is, and as, you're recognizable yeah uh, it keeps me it keeps people from from coming up and wanting to talk to me if i'm spending time with my wife now if i'm you know if i'm at lunch and it's a social thing i i don't mind seeing the room i'm a i'm a social being but i do like to try to respect that time with my wife and and not be interrupted i'm italian so i gotta be looking at the door i gotta see i gotta see the exits i gotta have a plan in case something happens even though i'm in no way anywhere near any of that stuff it's just mentally i feel like i gotta know what's going on or you know I like to sort of see what's going on in the room. Ali, I would like to jump back to a question or something that you brought up the comment of sleeping close to someone and having a king size bed. And was that a transition you made or was that something you'd always had done and just decided that I can't, you're too hot or you're too this or you're too that? 
So it was the result of one of our moves for the military. We started out with a queen size bed and it's just, oh my God, you're just on top of each other. And it's just not what you want to do when you're sleeping. Like I like sleep. I like my own personal space. You know, you can do the lovey-dovey stuff when it's lovey-dovey time. But when I sleep, like leave me alone. But in a move, our bed broke. So we figured, oh, let's just upgrade to a king size bed. And oh my goodness, it is like world changing. Never go back. Like I even upgraded my kids to full size beds. None of them have twin size beds. So they get their own space. Having space is so much better than just being like the breath and the sweat and just the body odors. And it's just, no, it's not what you want when you're sleeping. Give me my own little bubble. Well, and I brought this up to sort of bitch for a moment because we have a king size bed at home. When we um, uh, a renovation, we upgraded to the to the king from the queen. But I'm at my in-laws' house, and I'm sleeping in a full bed. And fuck that shit! Oh Never. my god! I would sleep on the couch. Give me the recliner. I am so you have the like... bed. Give me the floor or the couch. Never, never. Mm-mm. And the other thing is, just because of things that are going on that are not necessarily important at this time, but things going on with me, I am freezing always, and my wife is hot as hell always and it just makes sleeping so much worse i've literally wanted to drive to a store and buy a queen size bed and just say congratulations you've got yourself a queen what annoys me is they upgraded the bedding like two years ago and they the room could totally fit a queen could actually even fit a king and they went with a phone i'm like oh you're killing me there's a reason for that they they don't mind you visiting they just don't want you staying that long wow we're here for two months, so they're, they're, oh. they're obviously fine with, the, obviously oh, fine with that scenario. You, but You got to get you an air mattress, man. That's what I would do. Pump up that air mattress. Get you a queen-size air mattress. Put it in the living room. That's where I would sleep. I'm, I'm, but I, I'm, with, I'm with Allie. I'm sleeping in like... the same size bed as my five-year-old. Two adults sleeping the same size as my freaking five-year-old. Never. Yeah. But Matt, so oh, go ahead, Schweiss. I was just going to say, so I grew up sleeping in you know full-size beds, uh, a lot of my life, obviously, until I graduated college, then I had a queen size bed. But like, I don't move when I sleep very much unless I'm sick. So it's just like, and my wife's pretty small. So we have a queen size bed now. I didn't want a king size bed just because I wanted to maximize the space in the room. The, the houses in Toronto aren't necessarily that big. So that doesn't bother me. It's plenty of space. But we uh, were traveling last week and we had a king size bed. And it was nice, but like I can, I can deal with a queen size bed just as much. All right, let me let me go ahead and move on to topic number two. Uh, and this it's it's almost like relationship advice. Now, if you've listened to uh, our Lauer After Hour interview with Chris Long of the Greenlight Pod fame, uh, Chris and I had we we made a little bit of a connection there. Chris and I got along very well, and to the point where he even talked about our encounter a little bit and our pod uh, on his Greenlight podcast. I recommend Greenlight for anybody, and to the point where he has named me the first mayor of GLP. And uh, he mentioned during his podcast, I think Gunter may have as well, Macon, excuse me, uh, reserve seats at city council meetings, and uh, I will have those ready to go tomorrow. I'll put those on Twitter, and but also wanting a proclamation for naming, I guess, naming a day after green light. And I, I think my contingent there is going to be, they're going to have to show up if they want a day named after him. But I feel a little bit guilty. Am I cheating on my man, Billy, by doing this? Should I feel bad that green light is, is, has named me to this high post for their show when it was all made possible by Billy and the Dan Libertard show? I don't Go think ahead. you should be bad mayor. I mean, you gave Billy Gill a day. You've already said when, uh, 
when this whole COVID crap ends, if it ever does, that there'll be another Billy Gill day and maybe a bowling alley day and, you know, you have some bands come up and play. So I don't think you should feel bad. You're not necessarily cheating on Billy. You're just, you know, you're looking around and seeing what else is out there. I don't know. So I would say when you when you write that proclamation, you know, maybe the first letter of each line will spell out Billy Gill or something like that. So you secretly incorporate Billy into the Greenlight Pod Day without them knowing. I love that. It's fantastic. Allie, relationship advice. I need it. What do you got? So I, my feeling on it is that you just got to spread the love. You can't just hold all the love for Billy and Billy should understand that you got to branch out and seek other opportunities when they're available. And as long as it's just not on the same day, I don't think he should ever feel like you're cheating on him. You shouldn't feel bad about it. He ha Billy has his own day. Chris Long and the Greenlight Pod will have their own day. And I'm sure maybe farther down the road as more relationships get established, maybe you'll have a day for everybody throughout the entire year. And to be fair, we all have Good seen point. what we have all seen what Chris Long looks like, and we will all understand if uh, if cheating does occur. <laughs> I'm, I'm upgrading, is what you're saying. <laughs> and the other thing is, he's a friend of the show, so it's not you pick some random that you know you didn't have a cowherd day. You're having a day for someone who you know showed you some love and is a friend of the show. So I think it works out fine. All right, thank you for your advice. So Schweitz, what do you got for us this week? As far as the topic goes. I just wanted uh, to ask everyone, you know, they were talking about Greg Cody looking like a long-haired LBJ. And if people haven't looked at that photo, it 100% looks like Greg Cody. I was just wondering, has anybody else been confused for a celebrity or been told they look like someone? Ant, how about you? You went to me first. Of course you did. I mean, if I'm in the right outfit, I might be called my cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci, um, because I sometimes have the slick back hair and... You know, I don't have a maroon suit, but I definitely had some wild looking suits uh, back in my youth where I would uh, I, I would wear them sort of out as opposed to for business. Um, but that's pretty much it. I don't really get a lot of celebrities um, look likes or any of that. Other, other than that one, I've gotten a couple of times or at least in jest like, hey, what's up, Joe? Yeah. OK, thanks. You know, that kind of. What about you, Allie? So steak sauce told me one time I look like, and I can't remember this person's name. I hard to pronounce it. Lisa Leb, Lisa Loeb. Lisa Loeb. Yes, that's it. It's the cat glasses and the dark hair and the, I don't know, but that that's it. I don't really look like anybody. I got a big nose and a white face and dark hair. I mean, I just look like any kind of basic lady. So I was at a, um, where was I? I went, went into a, a store with my daughter. This was about a month ago. And uh, there was a lady that was getting her shopping cart and she kind of looked at me and kind of made kind of made a face. And I said, I said, hi, how are you today? And she goes, fine. And she just kind of looked at me and I said, what? And she goes, you know, you look just like the mayor of Cartersville. And I said, I do. And she says, yeah, you, you look a, you look a lot like him. And I said, hmm, probably a good reason for that. But that being said, uh, I guess the two closest things I'd come up with either Fred Flintstone or Jackie Gleason. I like the Jackie Gleason. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's yeah. too many people in, in Hollywood that look like this. And if they are, they would be probably behind the camera instead of front of it. There's a reason I'm on the radio and not television. I understand. I usually, I have a very, uh, you know, common look, shaved head, beard, fat. Um, I get calls, you know, 
for years, people would just message me. It's like, hey, are you on this corner right now? Or, hey, are you in this city? I think I just saw you. And it's it's not me. It's never me. But uh, I've, I've gotten, I look like Shel Silverstein, the uh, children's poet. Yes. Uh, especially, especially when the, the beard's uh, properly trimmed. I love that uh, book. I love that book. The Giving Tree is such an awesome book. Yeah, and then I'll, I was uh, actually reading my nephew some of his poems last week. He found Where the Sidewalk Ends on a bookshelf, and I was showing him, and then I showed my wife the back, who didn't know who Shel Silverstein was. It's like, oh, that does look like you, because I've mentioned that several times. But uh, yeah, if Will was here, he would be confused with uh, people from ZZ Top, I'm sure. R.I.P. Hopefully one of the Lemming members, yes. Yes, exactly. I don't know. He's pretty pale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Allie, let's turn to your topic. I think this is going to be an exciting one for this group. So uh, go ahead and hit us with it. Okay, so I've never, I feel like in the show's history, have felt more disassociated with the members of the show than I did yesterday when they had no clue about small town county fair life and just how Dan confused it with medieval times. And it's not at all the same thing. Love a good county fair when every year growing up, did all the demolition derbies, all the animal livestock shows, petting zoos, you name it. So my question to you guys is your metal stand of county fair, carnival rides, and food you find at the county fair. I'll go first, if you don't mind. Um, and it's 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 going to kind of meld with with amusement park kind of things, and there's because there's a reason for it. But I will tell you, I was just like you. I was a little bit more than I say I wasn't upset about it, but you know, for a, for a show that talks about inclusion and being accepting and kind of understanding things uh, in a certain way to feel that it was all right to go after small town and mid America, I just felt it was a little too comfortable. Um, and I, again, I just, I didn't necessarily care for it. When you figure everybody that's listening to that pod, there's a good portion of people that fit the demographic that they were making fun of and, and share their sensibilities for the most part. So anyway, it was a bit of a problem. The, uh, the first one I'll go in, I'm going to go number one. What is the tilt a whirl? The reason for that is, uh, is a story that when my wife and I, uh, were beginning to try to conceive our a child, we went to a place called Maggie Valley, which is in North Carolina. And we, um, we're pretty certain that we conceived uh, on that weekend or that day or so that we were at Maggie Valley and we rode the Tilt-A-Whirl. So I figured that Tilt-A-Whirl probably played a pretty important part in um, getting things to where they needed to go. Getting the juices uh, flowing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Shake it up. So that's uh, that, uh, that would be my top one. Uh, I also like the little... And I don't know that the Gravitron where they spin and you can kind of put your the centrifugal force lets you put your legs up and you can kind of turn sideways and all that. Yeah, it looks like a UFO. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to stick with two. How about that? Because the other part of that is anything I can eat, that would be fine in a fair. And that, that could be a that that could lead to a ride later, depending on what you ate at the uh, it's a dangerous game you could be playing, depending on what you decide to eat at the fair. What about you, Schweitz? What you got? So I have not been to like a proper like county fair in many, many years. Um, even when I was living in Ohio, we had like more like street fairs and stuff like that, uh, that were right down the street. So we just went to those as opposed to like the, the fairgrounds. 
but I will, you know, I will ride almost anything. Uh, Ferris wheels were always fun. You know, the, got those every time. Uh, as far as food goes, you know, the funnel cakes, the elephant ears, and I like all the games, like all the, you know, all the rigged games are always fun, especially when you figure out how they rigged them. As I got older, I enjoyed, enjoyed uh, trying to figure out those things. Yeah, the trick is catching the person sleeping or having their back turned and you can just hop over with like the rings with the Coke bottles and you just hop over and you put the ring on the bottle and just hop back over and then you, hey, look, look, I got it. Well, now you can just, big bear. Mom, now you can just look on YouTube and see what, what the, what the strategy is. So that's, I mean, all the TikTokers out there. That's right. What about you, Ant? So I'm going to signal backup mayor here. The Gravitron is one of my favorites. Although the county fair where I am now does not have that, but growing up, there was a park by us and that was by far one of my favorite rides. And I like to be real crazy and get myself all the way upside down where my feet were in the air and my head was down, at least for a while. So that was really good because for the most part, I have a pretty, pretty iron stomach. The other one I like really a lot is the swings. Like, I guess we, we call it like the yo-yo or something, but the high in the air swings because I like to be the asshole who like turns their body and ends up like, always get the guy to like what are you doing stop it up there you know like i am sort of uh like to be the pain in the ass of those kind of things plus my kids like that ride so something we can ride together that's not like totally boring um and then the third one is it goes by different names but like there's sometimes like it's not the teacups but it's like these like beer barrel cars or different things where they go around but then you inside have a steering wheel where you can turn yourself as much as you want in one direction or the other. And I like that also because, again, I sort of have a pretty good stomach, but also I like going one direction and then get, especially because, again, it's another one I can ride with my kids that they'll like if I don't go too crazy with spinning it. Um, so there's some enjoyment out of that for me. Um, but I think you get more... I think you get more enjoyment out of going faster than your kids want. Oh, and I'll, and those are called the drunken barrel or, or the teacups as they are at Disney. But also, I bet you're the one on the Ferris wheel that's rocking the cart back and forth too. Most definitely. Most definitely. Actually, this leads back to we went to Cedar Port a couple weeks ago and my youngest nine-year-old who is fearless, whatever it is, doesn't matter, refused to get on the roller coaster unless she sat in the first car. And it's one of those 90 degree drop ones. And I love her quote. She got her like, did you like it? Yes, but I'm never doing it again. <laughs> she won't say she didn't like it. So she loved it. But I'm never doing that again. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely in that mode, Mayor. But Schweitz, I'd like to ask you a question, food wise. Elephant ear or funnel cake? They're I mean, I know they're different, but they, they taste the same to me. Okay. So I, I'm happy with either one. That's fair. Anyone else? Anyone else have a preference? Elephant ear funnel I, cake? I, I do want to jump in with my with my third place um ride because I had a moment to think about it. And it's it's the sky bucket. And uh, all things told, there are different types of fairs. The, I've, my, I've got a very good friend, Todd Miller, uh, who runs the North Georgia State Fair that is uh, in, in, northern, in northern Georgia. Go figure. And Get him on the so it, it is, it, I could very easily. But, you know, it's, it goes on for about 10 days. And, yes, there's the agriculture piece of that. And here's getting back to my other kind of issue with, with kind of cracking on people that are into agriculture. Uh, there was an old bumper sticker that says, if you're going to complain about farmers, make sure you don't, don't do it while your mouth is full. And, you know, the people that are into agriculture are the people that are feeding this entire country. So to take little swipes about them being into pigs, goats, or horses, or cows um, is a little bit on the wrong 
side of things. But definitely funnel cake over over elephant ear. I agree. And and what also bothered me about the way they went at it is they could have been playful about it and sort of played into their own I've never been, but here's what I think. It was more like, no, this is how it is, and you're I don't know, lowbrow for doing for being a part of it. And it was just like they, they just went too far with it. That was what bothered me most. As someone who's from also- Argentina in the U.S., you know, it's not, it wasn't necessarily offensive to me, but I very quickly saw like, oh, you're going like way too deep into this. Well, and it's also, there's not pig wrestling. It is, you basically chase down a greased pig and whoever can catch it wins a prize. Yeah. So there's, you're, you're not wrestling a pig. You're simply trying to catch a greased pig. So where I went to college, they actually had the National Tractor Pool which is in Bowling Green, Ohio. And I didn't know what a tractor pool was, but they would always have it the week all the students were moving in. And Bowling Green, Ohio is not a big place. Didn't know where the fairgrounds were, but you would hear it for miles around. It would just sound like, you know, just sounds like a large revving engine that's crashing through something the whole time. And uh, finally, after three years, I finally looked up what is a tractor pull just to see what they're doing. And uh, it doesn't look any fun to me, but people have fun with it. And there's a lot of drunken uh, debauchery that's, that's enjoyable, apparently. For me, my favorite thing at the fair is the Demolition Derby. And I remember the first time, and I had seen Demolition Derby before, but like the first time I saw it where I am now in, in small town Holmesville, Ohio, I was like, man, I want to enter my car in that damn thing. Like, it was just like, it was so much fun. And it's one of the one of my favorite things when I go to the fair is to make sure I catch a demolition derby because it's just so utterly ridiculous. And yet, this looks so fun. So, so, so our, I was going to say our newest midweek match comes up with a fantastic topic. The three of us totally dominate. Don't even I give just, her a chance no, to, to, to sample our own so topic. I, I, was, I was love watching that smile on your face, just enjoying the delight that everybody else is getting wound up. What do you got on this? So I love the school bus part of a demolition derby, the figure eights. And it's just boom, parts all over the place. Cause it's all sensory over- overload too. And another thing too, is that a lot of the, fairs are held at usually speedways so you have the track already established for all these cars to just get junked up on but back to the ride so my top three my third one is bumper cars like what Shrite said in the chat if you leave a fair and you're not in any way shape or form injured or in pain in some way shape or form you didn't do it right whether you're sick your back hurts your head hurts your neck hurts that's not success in a night at the fair you have to be injured or in pain in some way shape or form and the perfect way to do that is on bumper cars with little children just going head on at you my second one is what i call the matterhorn but it's always that ride that just blasts that edm music and it just goes around has the two little hills you're in the little swinging car the kids are all screaming and it goes slow then super fast and slow then super fast and sometimes you'll go backwards but just the the atmosphere that one run ride people really get after it but my number one of course is the nascar one where kids get the little old timey like the dale earnhardt the richard petty um cars and they swing around the corner they go slow and then they just swing the car around kids love that i've never seen kids have so much fun on a ride before compared to that and always the artistic work in the background of all the nascar drivers from back in the day is horrendous and it just makes me laugh every time but food wise 
funnel cake, turkey legs, and popcorn for sure. Nothing like a good popcorn at a fair. Can you get good popcorn at a fair? You I guess the kettle corn. It. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's and usually you, by the turkey legs. Also, the fresh green lemonade. Oh, I yeah. just love it. I, it's just, I mean, you can try to make it at home, and I always find maybe it's because you put eight times as much sugar in theirs, but I always find that fresh squeezed lemonade is great. Has anybody so, ever thrown up or got hurt at a fair? Because I have. Thrown up? Not at a fair, but I've thrown up after a fair. After so coming I'm, home and realizing huh. I should not have eaten that second turkey leg. Yes. So, yeah. So, the, you know that yeah. little kid roller coaster that's like the little dragon and it just goes around and around. So, I was having a grand old time with that. And then my mom made the mistake of bringing us Taco Bell instead of eating at the fair that one time. So, I like shoved down some like soft taco supremes and did that, that dragon roller coaster like 70 times and ended up throwing up all over it and they shut it down. I was 25 years old. So speaking of getting sick at the fair, is the better movie scene, the pie eating contest from Stand By Me, or in Sandlot when all the kids take uh, chewing tobacco on the ride? I'm going to go with Sandlot. That is a phenomenal scene. And it also harpens back to uh, one of my interesting memories of being at a buddy's bachelor party, being drunk as a... can't even imagine and dipping and yakking everywhere because I had no business putting that dip in my mouth, given how else I was feeling. But uh, so for me, it's the Sandlot. Mayor, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go on the opposite side of that. And again, this is like the this is like I mean a battle of two titans. There's really not a wrong answer to that. As a matter of fact, I shared the uh, the pie eating contest today with with a coworker and also shared it on my Twitter account just because the conversation did kind of lead me to to that particular memory and stand by me is one of my all time favorite movies for a number of different reasons, but that's uh, so I'm a little partial at, but Sandlot, like I said, those are, that's one and that's one a and one B right there. Two, two solid offerings. So I have a confession to make. I have not seen either of those movies. Oh, disappointed. I know. Disappointed. I know. You have homework. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm getting to it. They're great kids. I'm movies. getting to it. So I want to jump back to fair food for a second and go the other way. Odd fair food, fried Oreos, fried Twinkies, fried bologna, any of the weirder stuff that you're not going to catch except if you're at a fair or a more so county fair. Anyone have a preference? Anyone discussed it by any or all of them? What do you got? Right. So, so in Canada, obviously, they don't have the, the state fair or county fair set up in the same way but what each province will have their own version. So it turns into a sort of a state fair. It's not called that, but it basically it'll travel across the, the country. Um, and I think it does like two weeks at each province over the summer. And every year, just all of the local news just go and talk about all of the new foods that they are uh, showcasing and bringing out and some of them just sound horrendous. Sounds like, you know, when Will talks about his hot dog with peanut butter and mayonnaise and whatever the hell else he puts on it. Onions. Like that's, yeah, that's how it sounds to me every time they talk about it. They just, it's not all deep fried Oreos. It's just gross concoctions and yeah, not interested to a lot of them. I've, I've done the deep fried Oreo just to try it. I know you'd think looking at me that I'd really enjoy that. I, I just didn't, I didn't understand it. It is like, there's nothing to this. It did seem kind of pointless. Y'all are big on the, 
Uh, turkey leg. I'm not a big fan of a turkey leg. So I love, I love it. Oh, I like their own. I, I will tell you the other thing is you always go by that place where they're sloshing up the, the chopped steak with the peppers and the onions and it's all going there and it just, oh my gosh, it smells so good. There is no way in the world I'm putting that in my system if I'm that far away from my home bathroom. It's just not happening. Dangerous game. Not not happening. It it is the most dangerous game. And your original question was, have you ever gotten sick? I've never gotten sick like to throw up at a fair, but I have had to stop at a gas station on the way home because it just, I I almost lost the most dangerous game. (laughs) So at the North Carolina fair, I've seen a Kool-Aid pickles. Didn't have it though, but I, why? Like, why would you do that? Sweet with the, the no, no, thank you. Just weird. I, I saw uh, maybe it was the Minnesota fair. They're kind of big on doing all these crazy things. And maybe it was the Texas state fair. And by the way, Schweitz, very interesting that you don't have state fairs in a country where they don't have states. So thank you for that. I guess they're called province fairs, but, uh, fried, just, a deep, just called the national exhibition, <laughs> deep fried butter. Like take a stick of butter and then deep fried it. And I'm going, who in the world would eat this? I mean, it's like, unless you, I guess you dip it in ranch too, just to make sure that you have a heart attack that afternoon. Uh, uh, Americans would eat that. Americans do eat that. Not this American, but many do. So you probably don't even need to go to a fair to find that in common household America these days. Probably not. Probably not. Just, yeah, no, it's. Butter is good on its own on a piece of bread. What the hell you gotta fry it for? Lucy anyway. eats butter just by itself, like off of a knife. Oh, so weird. I love butter, and even I can't do that. All right. Well, we've had a fantastic week again. Thank you, Allie, for joining us. It's been wonderful. Check out our other podcasts. Our hour after hours, we've got you know our, our weekly interviews, our post post game, our laughter club, and this is midweek benches. Um, let's go around the horn. Matt, where can we find you on Twitter? Find me at Santini Matt. Schweitz? You can find me at Yellowstone National Park. On a horse or not on a horse? Not on a horse. Allie, where can we find you? At Formula One. And I'm Ant or at Spiano on Twitter. We'd like to thank you for joining us and talk to you next week. At Formula One. And the horse you rode in on. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.